you might just pop up on the screen. Um, this series that we'll be preaching through and teaching through this month, entitled This Is Us, is a series about self and relationships. Self and relationships. So we're going to be, uh, we're going to be, we're going to be journeying through this thing together. And I want you to really give attention to the word that we will be sharing. I will do my very best to minimize my commentary so as to make sure that the scripture speaks clearly. Uh, anything I give you will be exegetical insight, but I, I will limit my, my commentary uh, to a minimum. Uh, this is us. The first installment of This Is Us will be me. Everybody say me. 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 Many times when things go wrong in our relationships, uh, in, in our engagements in life, uh, in interpersonal activity, um, if we be honest, most of the time, the we mess up because of the me. The we is messed up because of the me. And if we don't get our me right, we will not be able to have an effective, a life-giving, a, a life-supporting we. All right? We have to get the me right. And so in that regard, uh, we're, we're going to look at an introspective text today. Now, this is the sermon. This is the text where you cannot say this is about them. Let's just get that preface out of the way now. Get that caveat out of the way. This is not the sermon to where you're like, mm, yep, I know somebody like that. No, we're talking about you. We're talking about the me. I'm talking about me. The scripture is talking to you about you. All right? So this week we're talking about me. Um, the inspiration for this series came out of... Um, a, a series I watched and the Holy Spirit began to speak to me as I began to watch this series. This is not a plug uh, for the, uh, the NBC series unless they're trying to give me an endorsement. And for that matter, we will secure the bag and we will say we love. <laughs> this is us on NBC. <laughs> Otherwise, it was just, you know, I, I had a moment to myself and I watched the show and it, and it really blessed me. It really blessed me, and I have not gone through the whole two seasons yet, but uh, the, the concept of it, the writing of it, the intentionality of it, it really blessed me, and it showed me uh, a different perspective of how we do and how relationships should be done. So let's start with the me. Psalm 139. You don't have to stand because we're going to go through this psalm together. Uh, we're going to go through it in sections so you don't feel like we're here all day, okay? <laughs> we're going to go through it in sections, but I want to, I really want to get, get this right as it relates to me. This is a psalm. This is a psalm that is written, Psalm 139. This is a psalm that is written where the psalmist begins to come to realities concerning himself in the light of who God is in him. I've had many people come to me with the struggle or with the issue and they say, I'm trying to find myself. I'm trying to find myself. 
and I'll tell them you're wasting your time. You, you're wasting your time, really. In your own, you will never be able to find yourself. It is better that you find God, your creator, and allow him to give you a revelation of who you are. Many of us, if we be honest, that, that first relationship, that first marriage, we were somebody else. And we're trying to figure out why it didn't work. And we're trying to figure out, well, they're, they're not the person that I married. Well, you, you're not the person that they married. The reality is, is that many times we engage into relationships, we engage into various spheres of life, not having a clear understanding or revelation of who we are. Thusly, we need to seek God for clarity, wisdom, and insight as it relates to who we are, how we are to operate, get the me right so that we can have a good we. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Let's look at verses 1 through 6, and then we'll discuss it for a moment. Verses 1 through 6. O Lord, you have searched me and know me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. Uh, you discern my thoughts from afar off. You search out my path and my, and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before words are on my tongue. Behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in, behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, wonderful for me. It is too high. I cannot attain it. Let's deal with this, this first portion. This is how, this is how the psalm, it, it, even as I present this to you, if you were to take time to study this psalm throughout an extended period of time, these are the portions in which you should break it up and study it. Starting with verses 1 through 6, David begins to acknowledge the fact that even though he would want to think otherwise, he acknowledges the fact that God knows him. Please understand that you are not a mystery. You are not an enigma. You are not the first of your kind. God is fully aware of your reality. He knows you so intricately that even before you prepare your mouth to speak a thing, he knows the words that are getting ready to roll off your mouth. Even to the degree, the Bible says, he knows the thoughts that you have in your mind before you think them. So let's ask the first question. Why are you trying to fool God? Why do we try to put up airs? Let's pass past this. We know why we put up airs before people. Because we want them to think something that's not true. We want them to have a different perspective of us than what's really there. And that's cool. I mean, you can feel the way you want to feel about that. We'll talk about the us in a few more weeks. But what we need to realize is, is that God knows you all together. So stop faking in the house of God. And stop faking in your relationship with God. Don't fake the tongue. Don't fake the prayer. Don't fake the posture. Don't fake the position. Don't fake any of it. 
Let God know where you are. Here it is before we move. God honors reality. God honors reality. Why? Because when we submit to reality, not necessarily succumb to it. Listen to what I'm saying. When we submit to reality, we're saying, God, I acknowledge the fact that you're in control of time and space. And so wherever, wherever I am right now, it's because sovereignly you have dictated me to be there. And so I submit to reality, understanding that if I submit to reality in you, that I don't have to succumb to it. Ooh, I just said something. I don't want you to miss this. You can submit to a reality that you will not be succumbed by. So this is why it's not wrong to say I'm sick. Because that's the reality. Just as long as you don't succumb to sickness. You could, you, you could, you could submit to being broke. And let me just let me just say this here. Uh, it is imperative that we submit in those situations, because if we do not submit to those things, we will begin to live outside of our means. Whereas we do not prepare ourselves for the breakthrough that God wants to give us. Some of us, we, we, we cannot move forward because we have not prepared ourselves for forward movement. It is imperative that we understand that if we would want to move forward, we have to prepare ourselves for the forward movement. So he is, in the first six verses, acknowledging firmly that God has, a, has the market on his reality. God knows him. And here's the amazing thing about God. If he knows you, he knows how to deal with you. This is why you have to be careful as not to rebuke the word of God. Because anytime you rebuke what God has said to you, even if he uses another vessel, then what you're doing is you're rebuking God's authority in your life. Verse 7. We're going to read to verse 10. Is anybody getting something out of this? Okay, good. I'm glad you're getting some, Caitlin. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where uh, shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the othermost parts of the sea... Even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. Here's the next principle that we need to take from this psalm. You can't hide or run from God. I need you to gravitate to this. And, and I, know, I know it sounds simple. Some of y'all are like, man, I, I, this ain't nothing special. But it's, if, it, if you get in your spirit, it's going to change your whole life. You cannot hide from nor run from God. Let's deal with the hide first. This is the first fallen engagement with God. Here it is. The fallen nature of man causes him 
to have the propensity to hide from the presence of God. Let's say that again. The fallen nature of man gives one the propensity to hide from the presence of God. Go back to Genesis. When Adam and Eve fall, they did not say, God, 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 we messed up. But they hide their sin. What was the previous revelation that we just got? He already know. Now, I, I, I don't, I don't want to go into seminary, uh, but one would have to question, if he knew that they were going to do it, why did he give them the access? You know my thoughts. We just read that in the first passage. You, you know it before I even go. So why in the world would you give me the ability? We won't dig deep there, but I'll just put this on the table and we can chew on it theologically some other time. To concretize free will. That's why he did it. Free will needed something to be mounted upon. And so he had to create a tension in humanity whereby they had the ability to make a choice. And he could not put the tension upon something that would not entice them. But he allowed the tension to be upon something that could potentially entice them. And this is why James, in his apostolic writing, says, let no man say that when he is tempted, he is tempted by God, but each one is led astray by their own lust and desires. So you can't hide from God. Here it is. I'm, <sighs> okay. It is my theological opinion. That things would have happened different in Genesis if Adam and Eve, after doing wrong, submitted themselves to the Father. Ask yourself, how would some of your failures have gone different if instead of trying to hide your mess, you gave your mess to the Master? Here's, here, here, here's the next tweet. The master wants your mess. Somebody can preach that. One of you pastors, one of you leaders in here, y'all can take that. That's yours. He, he really does. Come unto me. All you who are labored and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He really does. We will make things worse for ourselves if we try to hide from God. So here it is. This is the me. We're talking about me. Don't say, yeah, I told him they should not hit it. No, you, you, me, 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 me. I cannot continue to hide myself from God. I made a mistake. I did something wrong. I failed. I, 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 it, was, it was an honest mistake. No, this one was blatant. I, I ran right to that. I did it. I did it. And now that it's done, blood is on my hands. And I'm like, God, what can I do with this? The Bible says that if we confess our faults, come on, this is the Bible. He, he, said, he says, if you confess your faults, he is faithful and just to forgive you of all unrighteousness and to cleanse you. Here it is. 
Could it be that many of us stay in our dirt longer than God designed for us to do so because instead of us submitting ourselves for cleansing, we tried to hide ourselves so that we could have the image. His word says, if you come to me, if you just confess, if you just give it to me, I'll forgive you and I'll clean you up. Don't hide from him. The second reality that comes from this text is that we should not run from him. Because if we ever endeavor to run from him, he's already where we're running to. I know this is an elementary sermon. Y'all will be like, listen, I thought, he, I thought he was deep in the word. He up here giving us a Sunday school lesson. I understand, but just, just take these few Sunday school lessons because I promise you, Sunday school will bless you. Amen. Uh, here, here's the reality. He's already where you're running to. Case in point, Jonah. Who, because he does not like what God called him to do. Ooh, I feel God there. Because many of us, our issue, the struggle that we're going through is not our sin, but the struggle we're going through is our unsubmitted yes. Some of y'all, y'all not sinning, you just not submitted. Oh, what you doing? What you, why you messing up? No, I, no I'm, just, I'm just going to Tarsus. Up here in this belly as well. Could it be? That some of you are not in a storm, you're in the stomach. Could it be that some of us in here getting our Jonah on? Anointed, full of the spirit, prophetic insight, all of that. But because we got an issue with who we've been called to. I'm praying for all y'all in these diseases among us. Hallelujah. Disease of disobedience. The disease, you know. <laughs> uh, the reality is this. You make it worse for yourself when you run from him. Because when you run from God, you have to deal with God on the other side of his call. I can't hang out here now. There, there, is, there is a weight on the other side of the call. The right side of the call, there is struggle. But his grace supports the struggle because we're in alignment. On the other side of the call, there is struggle that his grace is sanctioned from. So there's going to be struggle on either side of the call. But at least if you're on the submitted side, he'll give you grace. There's struggle on either side of the call. But if you're on the submitted side, you have grace for the call. If you're on, listen, if you're on the other side of the call, the only thing you can do is repent and submit. Jonah in the belly of the well. Lord, okay, I'll go. Okay, okay, I'll go. Are you happy now? Some of us, the only thing God wants to hear from us is that we'll finally submit. 
And, and, there, and there's a few of us that are struggling because we're trying to figure out why he's not answering any of these prayers. He's still feeding you. You're still alive. Although you may be in a life-threatening situation, you're still living. You're all right. And you're trying to figure out why can I go further? Why can I go further? Simply because you have not submitted. David says, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. Don't miss this as we go to our next passage. Even when you're in an unsubmitted place, please understand he has not relented from being your sovereign. Remarkable to me that even when I'm disobedient, he's still my father. Remarkable to me that even when I'm in the philandering bed, he's still talking to me. And I'm trying to figure out, why are you talking to me? I'm sinning. Why are you talking to me? I'm on the other side. I don't want to be a prophet. I don't want to have insight. I don't want to pray for nobody. I'm smoking weed. Why are you still talking to me? Leave me alone. I know, I know y'all saved in here, but I got a few people in here that said, Holy Ghost, stop. And some of us are sinning to silence the voice of God. God in here. But you can't even go to hell and not hear him. He said, if I make my bed in hell, he's still there. Like, what you gonna do when you gonna talk? When you gonna declare? When you gonna live? When you gonna save your family? When you gonna take care of your mama? When you gonna... Nobody else. Me, 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 me. I'm talking about me. I ain't talking about you. I'm talking about me. Me. Everybody say me, 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 me. Just me, just me. He said, no matter where I go, you're there. He says, and your right hand holds me. So if this be true, this means that I cannot go far enough to where I'm out of the hand of God. Ah, and let me pause parenthetically and give you a reason to praise him that even though you might be in the wrong place, you're still in his hands. <laughs> even though you may not be where you're supposed to be, I need you to stop and praise God in the middle of your mess because even though I'm not where I'm supposed to be, I thank him that I'm still in his hands. Woo! If that wasn't good for you, it was good for me because <laughs> I've been out of place. And I'm so glad that the Psalms say that even when you're out of place, you're still in my place. <laughs> you're still in my hand. Look at verses 10 through 16. He says, for you formed me in my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Oh, wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. Ah, in your book were written every one of them. 
the days that were formed for me, as yet there was none of them. Let me just put this on the table as we move forward. You are not an accident. Let that rest with you. You, you are not alive by chance. You were not put on this earth because two people didn't know how to control themselves. You are not an accident. You, 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 you are not the oops baby. You, you, you are not the surprise. God used their folly to bring forth his faithfulness. The devil can't produce life. He don't have that authority. And so let me, let, let, let me step on the heads of all of these spiritual leaders who have made people think that their children were sin. No, the act was sin. That's sovereign. Let's deal with this for a second. I, oh, that's a, that's a sin baby. No, no, no. That's a little sin for me. That's the, that's, that's, that's the child of my, you know, my. No, 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 no. You the sinner. That's sovereignty. Deal with your sin. Yes, go and repent. Put ashes on your face, fast, do whatever you got to do. But that child is a blessing of the Lord. And there is grace and there is favor on their life. And so let me talk to somebody quickly. Stop treating them like they bastards. Stop talking to them according to the conditions that birthed them. Listen, you better let them know who they are in God. You have to give them their identity. Baby, God, God, God formed you in your mother's womb. God, he wrote out all of your days before you ever lived one. And so the very day that you're living in now has already been written in the book of God. Can we move to the next concept? The next concept is, is that you have to live your life as if it's already done. Don't miss this. He, he says, he says, because y'all thought we were just singing a song, huh? Y'all thought we were just like, oh, that's cute. No, but the reality is, he said, even before I came here, you already wrote my story. I'm not the writer. I'm the player. You wrote this stuff out already. Now, all I got to do is walk through. All I got to do is just be who you created me to be and do what you called me to do. So I'm not going to walk around here and act like I don't have purpose. I'm not going to walk around here and act like I'm a mistake. I'm not going to walk around here and watch this. Even though the people in my life don't have revelation for my life, I'm not going to act like God don't have revelation for my life. If you won't have the right people around you speaking into your life, change your friends. Change your social network. Tell your mama, mama, I love you, but I ain't coming back home no more. Tell somebody in here that I got to get around people who have a revelation of who I am. Yes, I said it. It don't matter what blood is in your veins. If they don't have a revelation for you, they not your family. Oh, y'all think I'm lying. Jesus, Jesus, Mary here, James here. Wait a minute. Who my mama? Who my brother? He says, he says, I, I, you, you created me. And so that means that in order for me to have an understanding of who I am, I have to type in, tap into the divine. And if you want to get a revelation of anybody else, you have to tap into the divine. Stop trolling people's social media trying to get a glimpse of who they are. 
Facebook only go back to 2002. No, you better seek the Lord for revelation. God, show me who I am. You, you put this thing in me. You wrote my story. Give me the book. Show me who I am. Show me what you called me to be. Verse 17 and 18. Here we go. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I would count them all, they're more than the sand. I awake and I am still with you. Here's, here's the next thing that you need to understand. We will find rest when we search the mind of God. Not when we're trying to figure out. Here it is. The mind of God will free you. Here's the principle. The mind of God will free you while trying to mind the mind of others will frustrate you. Just for me. The mind of God will free you. But trying to mind, trying to dig into the minds of others will frustrate you. I'm not going to waste my time trying to figure out what you were thinking. God, how lovely are your thoughts, not Jerome's. How lovely are your thoughts? I don't, I don't even, listen, at, at this point in time, I don't even care what they think. God, I just want to know what you think. Tell me what your thoughts are. How would your life change if you stopped trying to figure out what somebody was thinking in a situation and got God's thoughts on the situation? What would, what would happen if instead of trying to figure out what they were doing and why they did it, if you just said, God, give me your thoughts concerning this occurrence. How exalted would your position be? Not for the sake of lording over anybody, but for the sake of having clarity. Here it is. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, oh God. Oh, men of blood, depart from me. They speak against me with malice intent. Your enemies take your name in vain. Ah, do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? Listen to this. And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with complete hatred. I hate them with complete hatred and I count them my enemy. This is going to be tough. But embrace yourself. We have to break our affection and our friendship with the enemies of God. The enemy of God is anything that glorifies anything except for God. Now y'all pray for me because I'm struggling through this. Because I, I, I'm very eclectic in my taste. A lot of different music. I've seen a lot of different movies. I have a tolerance for different things that I that I that I probably shouldn't. Me. 
And I'm learning that in certain situations, when I befriend the things that have opposed God, I become a friend to the enemies of God. And that is, and that is antithetical to what Jesus teaches us in the Gospels. And so now I have to begin to do a hard survey of my life. And I have to look and see where have I befriended the enemy. Where have I allowed the enemy into my home? And where does the enemy feel comfortable in my space? If anybody feels comfortable gossiping to you, chances are you're gossipish. I mean, you know, if it's just like, you know what, you know, I'm just saying, you know, I mean, you ain't hear this from me, but I'm just saying, but you know, but you understand what I'm saying. And the, and, and the scary thing is that some of us understand way more about darkness than we probably should. The apostle tells us that we should be babies, infants, novice to sin. And some of us, we got, we got way too much culture in us. Some of us are way too in tune to certain things that we probably should be novice to. Find out who the enemy of God is and make them your enemy. Find out who the enemy of God is and make them your enemy. In your life. I'm not telling you, you got to erect no stance and you got to make a whole bunch of posts. Figure out in your life where have you befriended darkness and cut it. Cut it. Cut it. Cut it like that. Figure out where you have befriended the enemy, where you have befriended activities and cultures that are antithetical to the force of God. Figure out where you have made people comfortable doing wrong. Figure out, figure out where you lost. You lost that conviction. Because there used to be a time where you felt convicted and people around you felt convicted. I pray in the name of Jesus that a sense of awe and conviction comes back over you so that certain things don't persist in your home any longer. Certain things don't persist in your relationships any longer. I pray that those closer to you, they will think twice before they say or do certain things because they know who you are. And we conclude with this thought. Last thing. And I need y'all to repeat this with me as we pray. Search me, O God. And know my heart. Try me. And know my thoughts. And see. <laughs> y'all ready? I'm I'm not ready. And see if there be any grievous ways in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. I would encourage you to pray these two verses again. Pray this as your prayer every day this week. Search me.
Because I know, I know I present something. But search me. Know me. Know my heart. And if there is any way in me that is grievous, eradicate it. Get rid of it in me. Get rid of it in me. Lead me in the way everlasting. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray that you would search us. Search me, God. Search me. Know my heart. <laughs> Try me. And know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous ways in me. Lead us to your way everlasting. God, we pray that you would give us a revelation of ourselves through our insight into you. Draw us closer to ourselves through you so that we would have a proper understanding of self. Father God, this week work on me. Work on me. Deal with me. God, I don't, I don't, I don't want a revelation of anybody else wrongdoing this week. Put the spiritual mirror before me this week. God, I don't want to hear about nothing anybody else is doing this week. Father God, speak in my ear what I'm doing. God, not that I don't care about them, God, but I want to get me right. God, take me off this horse that I jumped up on. Father God, take me away from this pulpit, Father God. Bring me, Father God, away from that place of judgment and haughtiness and condemnation and put the mirror before my face, God. Show me me. So that I will not run, nor will I hide, but I will submit. We pray this with an earnest heart. And we declare it to be done, and it is so. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Anybody here from the Lord?